I was in a coaching session with a client last week, and we were talking about his next role. He, you know, he's been growing and developing his career, and I asked him about his next role, and he said, well, the role that, that the organization wants me to go into next is one that doesn't really light me up, and um, it's just what's expected of me. And I asked him if he knew the role that would light him up, and he said, yeah, he did. And so then I asked him, well, who in the organization knows about his desire to work in this other role? And he said, no one. So as the session went on, we spent time talking about why he was reluctant to share his desire to, to work in another role in another part of the organization. So this podcast is about you checking in with yourself about the places in your life that you know aren't as good as they could be, where you're wanting more but you're stuck and you're not allowing yourself to live the life that you really want to live. Welcome to the Real Leadership Podcast. My name is Chris Obst. I've spent the last 25 years going deep with leaders on the real challenges they face, the stuff that keeps them up at night. Are you ready for raw and honest conversations and the reality that self-leadership and personal growth are the keys to you being the leader that you were meant to be? Today's topic, uh, it was born out of a few conversations that I've had with clients lately. And um, it's not something new, but it's, it's been top of mind for me. And it's this idea of people getting stuck, stuck in their lives. Um, you know, usually for me, it, it has to do with their career or the role they're in, uh, in their job. But this can apply to all aspects of your life, um, your personal relationships, your health, how you spend your time. So what I wanted to discuss a little bit is why we get stuck and why we're resistant to make changes. You know, I, um, I've been listening to a book that I bought years ago. It's a book by a guy who's pretty popular on Instagram. His name's David Goggins. He's, a, he's an ex-Navy SEAL, uh, and he wrote a book called Can't Hurt Me. And I didn't, I'm not really a rah-rah, just believe in yourself and run through a freaking wall kind of guy. So... I, I don't think that book really resonated with me when I first started listening to it, but I have been listening to it this week, and there's a few pieces in there. Um, and obviously, if you are, if, if David Goggins is what gets you up at 4.30 in the morning to exercise, I, I'm not trying to disparage him or you. I'm just sharing my own experience with that kind of mentality. You know, the guy's running on broken legs, you know, a marathon. So this, we're talking about pretty extreme, but there's some definitely some messaging in there that got me thinking. Uh, and so the conversations that, that I've had recently with clients are centered around, well, I'm, I'm in this role and I'm not really happy in it, but you know, I've got a good job and I've been in this company a long time. And if I asked them the question, like, well, well, what would you do if you weren't doing this or what would you like to do? There isn't this pause of, hmm, I have no idea. They actually have an idea of where they'd like to go next, what they'd like to do, but they're they're keeping it inside themselves. They're not sharing it. So when I, when I ask them, well, who else in your organization knows that, for example, you want to leave this division and explore working in another division in the same organization? I say, well, nobody. I, I haven't told anybody. And then I ask, with, with pure curiosity, well, well why not? Well, that, you know, that might be a career-limiting move. Or, um, yeah, I, you know, I've always been known as loyal. And so it's interesting to me that... People would, whether it's their, their pride, ego, fear, 
uh, not wanting to let down others, not wanting to be perceived as disloyal, they're willing to compromise themselves and their own happiness and fulfillment. And I think one of the other reasons this is coming up for me is because my parents who were knocking on the door of 90 and in failing physical and cognitive health have become front and center in my world. They, I moved them out of the house that we moved into in 1978 into a condo two minutes away from me. So I'm seeing them pretty much every day and arranging for nursing care and, and watching the decline. And um, it, it's making me realize just how fleeting our life is and how you do hit a point where you, you actually start having choices taken away from you. So my dad would like to drive a car. He can't. He's in a wheelchair. And I'm sure they would like to go out and see other places. They just can't. They physically and cognitively can't do the things they want to do. And so I think more than ever, my resolve is steeled to encourage people to live the life that they want to live. And I'm not talking about re being reckless. I, I understand that we have responsibilities. You know, most people I work with have a mortgage to pay. They've got mouths to feed. I'm not talking about quitting everything and jumping on a sailboat. And <laughs> if your dream has been to sail around the world for a year, I might push you and say, well, what's getting in the way? So the, the dynamic in the workplace is fascinating because there's this piece around perception. So if, if I want to move to a different role in the same organization, I'm afraid of what? Well, I'm afraid that the people above me in this division are going to see me as disloyal. So, so, so if, if you let that stop you, if you get stuck there, you're actually being disloyal to yourself. Because that feeling in you of wanting to do something different, explore something different, or get out of something that just doesn't feel right, you're actually just being disloyal to yourself. So you get up every day and do something that really isn't feeding your soul or your brain or you energetically. And what's the result of that collectively? Well, when I used to commute, I used to look at the people around me in the cars. You know, when I was in, in more of a sort of an eight to five kind of, you know, commute to the office kind of life, and I'd look around. <laughs> And people looked like zombies. And honestly, I was one of those zombies one day doing that, crossing two bridges to do work that the pay was good. You know, it's pretty decent. I don't hate it. We get one life. And so I guess I'm trying to encourage people to get clarity on what they're passionate about, what's not working in their world, and to take steps. And, and you know, I've, I've done this both personally and professionally, and I know I'm a work in progress, and I, I'm not sitting here trying to claim that I'm fully optimized or realizing all my dreams, but I feel like I'm moving closer to it, and, I'm, and I'm, I think I'm slow at it. I think there's a lot of other people that are, that are much more, um, like I'm pretty methodical and I'm pretty risk adverse. I think there's a lot of people that are willing to just huck it and, and go for it. Um, so I guess this, this podcast was just around getting in your ear and encouraging you to take stock of the places in your life that aren't fulfilling. And obviously it could be your career or the job you're in, the organization you're in. It could be the personal relationships you're in. It could be the friends you're spending time with. 
It could be the hobbies or interests that you have. Um, it's just fascinating to me how many people actually have a vision of what they could be or would like, but they won't allow themselves to go there. In terms of what to do with it, you know, I was thinking about this this morning, preparing for this. It's like, I think we get caught up in the difficult conversation. Uh, I don't, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to create drama. I don't want to be perceived as disloyal. So we're, we're kind of caught in the what it would feel like to leave the situation I'm in. But what if we were to put the focus on what would it feel like to be living in that situation that, that I aspire to? And I'm not talking about a vision board, although I believe that stuff is valuable and plays a role. And I'm not talking about, you know, dream it and it'll become true. I'm talking about what if you would actually picture yourself working in that division or in that other line of work that you get up in the morning and you have energy and you move towards it. And there's a lot you don't know, but you're excited about it versus the Sunday scaries where you're Monday, you're going into a job that you're just, you can do in your sleep or you just know doesn't fit who you are. You know, as humans, we're supposed to grow and evolve. And so just because you're good at something or you've been doing it a long time, it doesn't mean that that's where you're supposed to stay. And I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about, about passion and talent. And I can't think of an individual that's successful, whether it's in business or in the arts or it's in sports, all these people that we follow, where you have this convergence of it's something I'm interested in, it's something I'm passionate about, somehow it's helping others. The money seems to always show up. And I know one of the big things that holds us back, and you know, I live in a very expensive city, uh, cost of living has just gone up for everybody I know around the world, is we're afraid to take a leap because, well, I got to cover my nut. I got to pay my expenses. And so how do I do that? So there is a bit of a leap of faith to trust that if you're moving towards, quote unquote, your North Star, what you're supposed to be doing, money won't be an issue. And again, I'm, I'm practical. I live, in, I live in the real world. But the focus of this is to get you thinking about what are the places in your life that, that don't feel good, whether it's you know, how, how are you feeling about your health? What's the story you're telling yourself? Well, I'm in my 40s now. You know, I guess I'm supposed to feel slower. Well, I'm on the other side of 50. You know, it's okay for me to, to be carrying around an extra 30 pounds and spend more time on the couch because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 now. Like, what are the stories you're telling ab yourself about how you live your life that, that deep down you know don't feel right? Or when you look in the mirror at yourself you know you're kind of living a bit of a lie, right? So what are you putting up with in your personal relationships, in your work, with your friends that, that you know deep down that you want better and deserve better? And so I guess my ask for you in, in this podcast is to just take a little inventory. And obviously, I mean, I've named three or four different aspects of your life where this could be showing up. I'm not suggesting you change everything wholesale all at once. What I like about this way of thinking is that once you do it in one domain in your life, once you take a bit of a risk, you push yourself, you get outside your comfort zone and try something new, you actually build a little trust with yourself. 
with your own brain, with your own physiology to say, okay, I faced the fear, I did it anyway, and look what happened, and look how much better I'm feeling. Now you're building some trust, you're building some momentum, and you're actually building some belief in the, in the model and the mindset, and then you can apply it to a different part of your life. You know, I have a pet peeve of, of people in their 40s and 50s and 60s that think they've seen it all, done it all, and that their life is over. And that there's nothing that drains me faster than being around people that think that way. And conversely, there's nothing that excites me more is than meeting people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s with that little spark in their eye, that little glint that says, ah, there's more to do, there's more to learn, and I'm excited about it. That's what I want to talk to you about today is to, is, to, is to just have a look at where you could be paying more attention and what could you do. And, and, and in terms of practically nudging you forward, I think part of it is to find somebody in your world that doesn't have an agenda other than to help you grow and evolve and be the happiest, wholest version of yourself. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about the coaching work that I do is I get to live and be in that very sacred place with my clients where I don't have an agenda. I don't care if they leave their organizations. I don't care if they leave their spouse. I don't, and I, you know, this sounds harsh. I, I don't think they should blow up great situations, but if they're truly unhappy and they're lying to themselves and lying to others, I know the truth sets them free. So I'm not attached to my clients staying where they are. I'm energized by them living their truth and, and supporting them doing that. So I would say, and you don't need to hire a coach to do this. We all know who those people are in our lives that would truly support us. They would listen to us. They'd listen to our ideas and without judgment. And one of the things to watch out for when you're preparing to make change, and I've lived this personally, is there's a lot of people around you that you consider close, that you consider to be friends who will be uncomfortable when you start to change. And I got to tell you, it's not about you. Their discomfort with your change has nothing to do with you. And there's books written about this and podcasts and articles. People inherently are uncomfortable with change. But if someone in your world who's supposed to be your friend, who's in your corner, has your back, is talking you out of realizing something or moving towards something that you know deep down you want to do, you got to ask yourself, why are they doing that? Right? And I'm, t I'm not telling you to get rid of all your friends. <laughs> I'm just saying to change is hard. And, and a lot of times when we change and evolve, it makes other people around us uncomfortable. Because guess what? Now they start thinking about themselves. And they start comparing and going, oh, I wonder if I should be exploring and examining things in my life that need attention. I know this sounds heavy and it, it, it has weight for me because I think, again, I realize how short and fleeting life is. And I know it's, I'm not encouraging or suggesting that we're all moving towards unicorns and rainbows. But I think we have a responsibility as humans on this planet to evolve and ultimately, I think our evolution should be around helping others, whether it's directly or indirectly, whether it's, you know, doing for or inspiring or supporting. I believe we're on the planet to do that. So for today, I'd like you to leave, leave you with thinking about what did, how did this message reach you? Did you feel inspired by it, a little scared by it, a little nudge? If any of those are true, I think that's great. 
And again, I'm not, I'm not sitting in front of this microphone as a sage that has all the answers, but I, I deep down believe that, that you all know a place in your life that needs attending to, a place in your life that needs a shift or a change or a nudge or an upgrade. And you hanging on to the place you're in because you're afraid, you're afraid of the unknown, you're afraid of failing, you're afraid of disappointing others, you're hanging on to some ego or pride that comes with that current state, that's not going to go away, that feeling. And the excitement that comes being around people that are making change, that are trying something new, is infectious. It's contagious. It's uplifting. Anyway, if this has got your attention, please share this. Please share this with someone in your world. Um, Share, share your, your dreams and your fears with people in your world. Like I said, find that person in your corner that's okay with your changing. And it may be somebody new. It may be somebody you, you've recently met or has come into your world in the last couple years or months. And it's like, huh, they've got something there. There's that expression that, you know, you were the, uh, what is it? You're the sum or the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So, um, again... The, the, these uh, my thoughts today came from a, a real place where where I've had real conversations with professionals that seem stuck, and there's stories that they're telling themselves that just aren't true. And I, I know I've done that in my own life where I've hung on to stories that weren't true. And so you know, what if you were to pay attention to a story or tell yourself a story of what could be? Anyway, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. The Real Leadership Podcast is produced by Chris Obst Leadership and Alive Creative Services. Thank you for listening.